It's easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who will win. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans. Where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO podcast. OH! IO, and welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is starting your DP, Aaron Brown. That man over there is the wild man, Chris Wilds. And you are you, and we're thankful to have you with us tonight as we preview the game between your blessed Buckeyes and the cheaters from up north. The OHIO podcast is brought to you by Big Banter Sports. Head over to BigBanterSports.com. Check out all 14 podcasts brought to you by all different great podcasters, including the one that we're going to be interviewing later today if you're listening to the audio form, Victor's Nation from that dreaded team up north. Boo. Hey, also, we are the official Ohio State podcast of Scarlet and Game from Fansided. Head on over to ScarletandGame.com. Check out all the great articles and get yourself ready for the game this Saturday. Chris, we made it, man. We're here. How excited. Scale of 1 to 10. 1 being eh, 10 being I can't even sleep at night. Where are you at? Uh, you know, I'm really pumped, Eric. I'm excited for this game. And I'm, and I'm really excited to find out what our own Connor over here has been writing on this notepad since uh, <laughs> since we started uh, broadcasting here tonight, man. He's He's all about his little notebook over there. So, you know, I'm really, really pumped, really psyched. Muck? Fishigan. Fishigan. Yes, we understand exactly what that means. He is the alpha. That is right. There you go. A legend in his own mind. Uh, I'm at a 10. I can't sleep. I didn't sleep at all last night. Like, I'm so excited for this game. Chris, are you, are you at a 10? Can't sleep either. I'm at a 12, Eric. Nice. I'm at a 12. My blood pressure's already up, and we haven't even had a kickoff yet. Beautiful. Aaron, where you at, man? 1 to 10. I'm with Chris, man. I am through the roof. Like, I got a whole countdown. We're at 88 hours and, like, 30-something minutes. Like, I'm I'm ready for this to happen. There you go. There you go. As we record this on Tuesday night, we are that excited for this. Of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're probably watching this on Friday evening getting yourself ready for what's about to hit. So we're going to dive into this, not waste any more time. Let's get going tonight. The game is this Saturday, 12 o'clock noon, high noon on Fox. So don't miss it. Fox, 12 o'clock. That is the kickoff. 
Uh, of course, most of us will be up early, ready to go, breakfast in hand. Uh, a lot of you will be liquored up by that time already as well, I'm sure, getting your tailgate going uh, for that 12 o'clock game. So super excited about that. Let's take a look at this by the numbers, the rivalry, if you will. Unfortunately, that team up north still leads this series, especially when you look at the last two years where they've got the dub. They're up 60 to 51 to 6. Seeing this reminds me of what Jim Trestle said when he said that it is his goal in his lifetime to see Ohio State lead this series before he goes. We need to make that happen, Buckeyes. Let's get the dub this weekend. Last year, that team up north won 45-23. Two years ago in Ann Arbor, they won 42-27. How much of the cheating did uh, that involve to create those uh, lopsided scores? Some would say a lot. Some would say not too much. Who's going to know? I don't know. Maybe those games will come off as W's from the NCAA when their investigation is finalized. Ohio State's record at Ann Arbor is 24 wins, 32 losses, and four ties. Largest margin of victory for us came in 1935. That was a 38 to nothing win. Largest margin of defeat came in 1902, an 86 to nothing score in 1902. Ohio State's longest streak, win, winning streak over the Cheaters is eight. <clears throat> that happened from 2012, <coughs> excuse me, to 2019. Of course, the COVID year kind of stopped that from happening. And then, of course, they did win in 2021. That team up north's longest win streak over us is nine. That included from 1901 to 1909. And in that was the 1902 86 to nothing score. Ryan Day's record against that team up north, it's one and two. He needs to make that two and two this Saturday. Sharon Moore's record against Ohio State is 0-0 as he's coaching in his first rivalry game as the interim head coach for that team up north. Aaron, why don't you give us the last 10, how that has gone for the Buckeyes versus the Wolverines. All right. So 2012, I believe that would have been Urban Meyer's first year. Uh, and also my first time going to a uh, team up north in Buckeye game. Uh, and that was one where Ohio State took it, 26-21 in Columbus. The following year was a nail-biter, 42-41 for the Buckeyes, followed by 2014 in that magical year, 42-28. 2015, 42-13 for the Buckeyes up in Ann Arbor. 2016, 30-27 Buckeyes in Columbus. 2017, 31-20 for the Buckeyes. 2018, I think, would have been, uh, what, was that Ryan Day's first year as uh, coordinator? Mm, no, or second year? Second year. Okay, either way, we put up 62 on them <laughs> in Columbus. And then we followed that up in 2019, 56-27, uh, up in Ann Arbor, and then obviously they had to uh, hide from us behind COVID in uh, 2020, so there was no game played that season, or I'm sure we would have dusted them off then too. And then 2021, thanks to, uh, you know, the whole stealing of the signage, that's when all that began. But uh, that's the first year the team up north beat us in quite some time. Uh, they got us 42-27 in Ann Arbor. And then last season, they got us back in Columbus, 45-23. to 
All right, Chris, why don't we start with stats, and uh, let's go ahead and get them out of the way first. All right, so for those cheaters up north, uh, they come into the game averaging 399.6 yards per game. That's 53rd overall in all of college football. Their third down conversion rate is 52%. That is fourth best in college football. We have red zone scoring at 86.5%. They are 50th ranked in all the nation. We've got total defense at 234 yards per game. That is the top defense in the country right now. Turnover margin, they are plus 12. And penalties per game, 2.91. That, that, you know, that is, let me just say, that is an amazing number. 2.91 penalties per game is a really good number. That is why they do lead the nation in that category. Individually, J.J. McCarthy comes in, leading the passing attack. He's completed 175 of 237 passes for 2,335 yards, 18 touchdowns, and four interceptions. Blake Corum comes in leading the rushing attack. He's got 180 rushes, 888 yards, and wow, guys, he's got 20 touchdowns on the ground. That is impressive. Roman Wilson has 37 catches for 612 yards and 10 touchdowns to lead the receiving core. Defensively, we have Junior uh, Colson. He is leading the team in tackles with 60. Jalen Harrell has five and a half sacks to lead the way there. Five interceptions for Mike Sandstrill. Sanderstill. Sanderstill. And what does it matter? He doesn't count anyhow. Anyhow, five <laughs> interceptions to lead the way. Three forced fumbles by Michael Barrett. Two fumble recoveries also by Michael Barrett lead the way on the team. And kicking, you've got James Turner, 9 of 11 on field goals with a long of 50 yards, and he is 53 of 54 on extra points. Now, as we flip over to the as we flip over to the good guys here, Ohio State comes in and they are averaging 429.3 yards per game. That is 35th in the nation. They're completing 46.5% of their uh, third down conversions, red zone scoring. 85.1%, good for 60th in the country. Total defense, third in the nation at 252.9 yards per game. Turnover margin, we're scratching there. We are even. We have now we're at a zero turnover margin, 62nd overall in the country. Penalties per game, 5.91. That's good for 65th in the country. Individually, we got Kyle McCord leading the passing attack. He is 211 of 318 for 2,899 yards, 22 touchdowns, four interceptions. Travion Henderson, you just can't say enough about how good this guy has been since he's been healthy. Comes in 118 carries, 794 yards, 10 touchdowns. And, of course, the man, the best player in college football, Marvin Harrison Jr., leads the way in the receptions with 62 for 1,093 yards and 13 touchdowns. Defensively, we got Tommy Two Thumbs back there. 73 tackles leads the team. JT Tuomalu comes in with four sacks to lead the way there. Guys, I'm so excited. Two interceptions by Jordan Hancock leads the team. We got two forced fumbles by Jordan Hancock and JT Tuomalu. And then two fumble recoveries by David Igbenosin, or Davison Igbenosin, excuse me. 
Kicking, Jaden Fielding comes in, 14 of 16 on field goals. He's got a long of 47 yards. He is 46 of 47 on extra points. So, Eric, that's where we stand statistically. You know, you look at those stats, and there's a lot, there's some very interesting ones there that I want to highlight <coughs> real fast. First off, we are averaging 429 yards per game offensively, while Michigan is averaging 399. So that's that's an advantage us, right? Right. Um, you look at red zone, and we've been tough on ourselves on red zone at 851, which is 60th. They're not much better. They're they're at 865 at 50th in the country. Yeah. Defensively, yeah, they're impressive. 234 a game, which is the best in the country. But we're right behind them at 252, third best in the country. And they've been playing the little sisters of the poor all year. Yeah. Here's the difference, and this is what has me worried. Turnover margin and penalties. We're 65th in the nation at 5.9. They are first, like you said, at 2.9. And they are plus 12 in taking the football away, which is third best in the country, while we are 62nd at even Steven. So when you look at those two specific ones, I think it is critical offensively, Chris, that we take care of the football this week and not have stupid penalties that back us up and then Force Kyle, and force Kyle McCord into bad situations where he turns the football over. Agree or disagree? Oh, agree. And I think you, you nailed it right there. And let's do let's call it how it is. Let's call out the two guys that really have to be careful this week. One being Kyle McCord. We cannot suffer a penalty for intentional, intentional grounding. grounding. Right. We cannot have him losing the football when he's dropping back to pass. Right. We cannot have him being overconfident and making errant throws. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, for the love of God, please, please, not to call anybody by name, but if you are our left tackle, Mr. Simmons, Mr. Simmons, please make sure you do not leave until the ball is snapped and that try to prevent worried. yourself from holding too much this week. It's going to be a loud environment. Yeah, He's not going to be able to hear the snap count. Like this is this is a nightmare scenario for Ryan Day if Simmons cannot hold up the left side of that line and, yes. he, and he gets flustered and starts making mental errors that really affects this offense. I am not against Ryan Day taking shots deep a lot this game. And yeah, here's I why. agree. Here's why. I think you, you, two of the three things that could happen are positive. You make the play, and it's a big game. Pass interference, and you and you pick up. Was it is it fifteen yards on pass interference? Fifteen yard penalty, right? Yeah, yeah. So those are two two good things. The bad thing you might throw an interception, but I'd rather be I'd rather see the interception on the deep ball than I would something over the middle that gets returned and then they've they've got great field position. So I'm not against saying, all right, we've got we've got better receivers than you've got defensive backs. Let's take a shot deep. The other thing is, is I think Ryan Day has been gearing up to run the football in this game. And hopefully their success that they've experienced in running the football the last few weeks can continue this week. And if it does, it's a huge advantage, Ohio State, Chris. And Eric, using that deep ball is going to help that run game. It's going to keep them honest. Yes. If, if you extend the field, if you, if you take and even if you just do it once every couple series and go deep, 
you're going to make them keep those guys back. You cannot guard Marvin Harrison one-on-one. You just can't. Yeah, you know, aggressive. You can't Brian put that Day, extra. Right? Yeah, you cannot I mean, put. They, they can't put the extra helmet in the box. That's going to give Travion a lot more opportunity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Aaron, any thoughts on offense before we turn it over to you to talk about defense? Yeah, it, you guys hit the nail on the head. We got to take care of the football. We got to execute above all else, and it, you got to avoid stupid penalties because I, you know, you can't shoot yourself in the foot in games like this. This essentially is a play-in game to the national tournament. Right. When you really break it down, you lose, you're out moving forward for the Buckeyes. Yeah, it's same for them too. Well, of course, yes. Well, and the Buckeyes could still backdoor in. However, they'd need a lot of help. So could they. I mean, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm not counting on it. I'd rather take care of business and leave no Agreed. question. You know, the scenario that we would need to see happen for for um, a, a team that loses this game to still get in, you need four things to happen. Georgia has to win. Georgia needs to beat Bama. You need Texas to lose. You need Washington <clears throat> to beat Oregon and stay and, undefeated. And uh, Louisville and, to beat and, Florida and State. And you need Louisville to beat Florida State. Those were those would be the four things that you would need to see happen. And I'm with you, Aaron. I, why depend on someone else? And by all means, this isn't, this isn't a – Yes, it's about the CFP, but this is also about regaining control of the conference. Well, it's our it's, game. It, it's the game. It's I don't want to lose, period. I don't care if we had if, – if we were 0-11 coming into this game. If right. there was one to win, it's this one. Yeah, right. And, and I sure hope that Ryan Day has that attitude. It seems like he did. You know, I'll give him, I'll give him a lot of credit – Today, during his press conference, he mentioned yeah. some things that I thought were incredibly intelligent. Um, you know, he talked about uh, playing with emotion, but not letting your emotions play with you. Yeah. You know, we, yeah, we did that last year. You know, he talked about how they talked about that. They have, listen to this, they have a plan for the tunnel. I thought that's incredibly intelligent on his part. They've got a plan to make sure nothing happens in the tunnel. You know that you know they're going to want to instigate something before the game starts. Oh yeah, in the tunnel something. They always do, right? They want to try to get in your heads, play games. Ryan Day's got a he's got a plan for that too. So I think Ryan Day has really thought this thing through and has a lot of things in place, and and I think he's got the right guys in place to make sure that things don't happen. You know, there used to, you know, a lot of football teams don't do it, but Aaron, you'll you'll remember this. Remember when um, in high school and even some colleges, they used to walk uh, arm in arm onto the field. Yes. Oh yeah, we did that. Yes, I would, I would, I would not be shocked to not see Ohio State do that with the veteran guys, basically with a younger person making sure <clears throat> don't listen to them, don't look at them, look straight ahead. Yeah, you know, something like that. That could actually be a lot more intimidating. It is yeah. because you know? you're, you're telling them straight up, who are you? You are not anywhere in our stratosphere. We control this. You do not control us. That is, I, I like it. I hope that that's what happens. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I think that might be part of what their plan is. Uh, we'll see. And they might have extra security that they bring as well. That'd be I, smart. Yep. I do believe that, that that's a possibility as well. But yeah, I, I thought that was incredibly smart. I love the I love that. Um, <clears throat> when asked about Harbaugh being baited into his you know, do you respect them or things? He said, you show this rivalry respect by working this game every single day. That's a quote straight from Urban Meyer. Yep. And so, it's right. 
and hits right. And I think I think Ryan Day said, I'm going to take that one because Urban had that <clears throat> right, and I'm going to oh, yeah. apply that. So I, I thought the press conference was really good where I thought yesterday uh, Jimmy Boy's press conference was just weirdo again, talking about how the locker room is, is all together, just like his mom's single swimsuit piece. I thought, what in – he really said that. I like you, my, I like right my locker room in one piece, just like my mom wearing her swimsuit. A- Aaron, are you right and now envisioning Mama Herbal? I don't know what to think at this point. <laughs> he literally said that. How? I mean, it is. He's the biggest weirdo. Flipping over to the defensive side, Aaron, lead us in what what you would like to see Jim Knowles and this defense do come Saturday. So first of all, I'm going to give them complete props right now. Ohio State, that is. All right. Something we've struggled with the last two years is alignment. And that is why the team up north has been able to catch us slipping. Donovan Edwards breaking that long run last year to seal the deal. Any of the long, big plays they had was an alignment issue, and they took advantage of it. We, sh- we had a hard time with that when we played Georgia as well. Um, and All the evidence, I told you this, Eric, before the show started, all the evidence that I think any coach in the world would tell you to show that we we have that issue fixed is the fact we've only allowed one play over 40 yards all season long. Now, as long as we maintain that, we continue to be gap sound and our alignment is correct, this should be a non-issue against the team up north as well, all right? And that is big in containing their run game that they are so proud of. Now, stop in the pass if we should shut down the run or if they try to keep us honest. One thing that we have this year that we have not had the last two years, I feel like, is a very solid secondary. Okay? So if we want to throw an extra guy in the box, maybe an extra, uh, two extra guys in the box to add that set of pressure or to maintain or contain the run, we have the secondary to run with their receivers. Roman Wilson is not – he's the best they have, but he's nowhere near even uh, – I would say he's hes hes probably a shade above it. I'm not trying to, to, to crap on anybody here, but he's probably a, a level or two above Julian Fleming. Okay, he is not anything special. Hancock can handle him. Burke can handle him for sure. I'm not worried about Roman Wilson. Plus, he's dinged up anyway, so I'm not sure – uh, what his status is for the game, yeah, they, but they, they held him out last week for this game. Okay. Um, so he, they, they're saying he could have played last week, but they held him out. Um, and that's to me, that feels a lot like Eichenberg, you know, like I yeah. could have played, but didn't. And yeah, you know, but you still don't know if they're 100%. Yes. So we'll, we'll find that out on Saturday, but the point is I'm not scared of that. We have the secondary to control that stand, that thing. Okay. The next part is, in controlling the pass, containing uh, JJ, all right? Keep him in the pocket because while he's not Justin Fields, he can extend a play really well. So if he breaks contain, he can set them up with a new set of downs and extend the drive, uh, or he could get them to third and real short, okay? And then that's where Corum or Edwards comes into play. And above all else, if there was ever a game, it's this one, be physical, be physical, be disciplined. That is how you win this ball game defensively. Yeah. I, I'm going to run this one by you real fast, Aaron. <clears throat> I think this game defensively, 
there is a secret weapon that we have because we can put him in the box or we can say, hey, you're going to be in coverage on this play. And, and, and you can disguise both of that. And that's number six, Sonny. Yeah, I was, dude, let me, yes. You remember how we used him against Maryland? Mm-hmm. He would blitz off the edge or he would be lined up like in a hook to curl zone and he would kind of drop, but then he'd go in. I would envision something similar to that this Saturday, but I was thinking that myself. I would love to see that. And you're right. He is the complete, he could be the difference in this game. Mm-hmm. Right. I believe that. Chris, your thoughts. Yeah, I just agree. I think, uh, obviously, you know, Aaron mentioned keeping containment. Uh, you know, I think a lot of that's going to – that's going to be twofold. One, it's going to be our defensive ends. And the other thing is staying solid in coverage. If we do that, that's going to give our big guys up the middle a chance to just get in there and wreak havoc. Yeah. Uh, you know, and here's the other thing, guys. We still don't know 100% the status of J.J. McCarthy. You know, he, he's another one that's been dinged up. I mean, I know he just recently had an MRI done. and he I would say he's a lot like McCord. I mean, McCord's been banged up and dinged up too, but they're not they're not so hurt that they can't give you the, <clears throat> a good effort. So, yeah. You know, Listen, he, he, he went running off that field at, at Penn State like, you know, like there wasn't a thing wrong with him. Yeah. He didn't even have to throw a pass. Listen, the way you prepare for this is as if they're a hundred percent healthy. Right. That's right. It, it's cool for us to think about it. You know, is he hurt? Is he dinged up? When you're a player, when you're in the locker room, none of that crap matters. He's a hundred percent healthy and I'm gonna hit him like he is. Yeah. And you know what? You never want to wish injury to any player ever. Of course. Of course. But at the same time, it wouldn't break my heart at all to see Sonny Styles just, you know. Go through there and rip him in half. Give him a good old fashioned face mask to the small of the back, right? I'm a hey, bruise them ribs up, buddy. That's, that's that makes football. it even harder to throw. That's football. We're yep. gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll have our interview with Victor's Nation. Hang tight, everybody. The OHIO podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. And we are back, and we are joined by Victor's Nation's host, Jason Robinson. And as you can see by his title there, he also hosts the podcast for what he believes is America's team. So we are thankful to have Jason with us tonight. Getting it off right off the bat, Jason. Just letting us see right where you come from, my man. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Jason, let's do this. Let's get the let's get the pleasantries out of the way for uh, any uh, team up north fan who might be catching this who has not caught your podcast already. Where can they find you? Uh, a few different places. So we started on Facebook, so you can catch us there at the Victors Nation LLC. You can also find us on our YouTube channel. We're also going to Apple Pods and Spotify eventually too for our podcast. Uh, You can find us on TikTok and Twitter as well, too. And then we also have a website, thevictorsnation.com, where you can see a bunch of different media outlets for Michigan, view their articles, and also share in a community forum. 
Yep. And you guys got a lot of merch too. So, um, yeah, that's, that's something you guys have done really well. I thought we would be when we came to big banter that we would have the biggest Facebook page by far. We have, uh, 7,000, over 7,000 on our business and over 5,000 on our fan page. So combined that's, you know, 12,000. And then I saw you guys, I was like, Oh, we aren't the top dog. You guys got a ton of followers on Facebook, man. Yeah, we got over 14,000 plus started up in 2017 and got about probably over 6,700 still pending yet. Wow. But I have no time. No time. <laughs> so we got a lot pending right now yet. But Very we'll good. There. That's cool. All right, let's dive into the game. I'm going to ask the first question, and then Aaron and Chris, I'll let you guys take this over. My question is, I just want to get this out of the way off the bat. I, and I'm, I'm not, I don't want to respond. I want you to give Ohio State fans who are listening to this podcast, what is the view from the fan base right now on all of the Jim Harbaugh cheating scandal stuff? Where do you guys sit as a fan base? It seems from where I, what I view on Twitter that the fan base is kind of a little bit divided a little bit on it now. Yeah, it, it's going to be hard to, to kind of speak for for everyone on that. Does it happen throughout other programs? I think it absolutely does. I can't talk with Aaron with that shit. <laughs> um, basically, yeah, like I said, it's going to be tough to speak for everyone. I think everyone has a different kind of perspective on it or a different piece of opinion on the matter as well, too, as a, as a Michigan fan. Um, but... As far as it goes, I, I think a lot of people know that other programs are doing this. It's how we did it, though, and I think it's a one-man show. Now, at the same time, at the same time, it's still Jim's program, right? It's still his program, whether he knew about it or not. There is an NCAA rule about that, about that as well, too. Um, what that punishment's going to look like, I have no idea. The rule is really gray. I'm not sure. But as far as other Michigan fans go, it's not like we love it, right? We don't like media attention like that. What program absolutely would. Um, but at the same time, I know like that the spreadsheets came out of um, other schools sharing Michigan's signs as well, too. I don't know what's going to happen with this. He took his three-game suspension. He'd be back for the Big Ten Championship. So when we beat you guys, we'll be there. He'll be coaching that game. So I'm not sure what's going to happen as an NCAA outcome yet. I think it's going to take a little bit of time. But as far as I know, speaking for all Michigan fans, it's really challenging on this topic. It's kind of all over the place, like you said, Eric. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm done talking about that. Aaron, go for it, man. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, so <clears> – <throat> I kind of was interested in, I guess I have two questions, all right, and they're not really sure. related, but um, the health of uh, McCarthy and Roman Wilson, what's, uh, do you, you got any uh, info on that? So, um, JJ said he's feeling great. Uh, he's going to be good to go. He's going to be 100%. Um, as far as Roman Wilson goes, it was more of a precautionary to take him out. Um, I don't really know if there was too much concussion signs or anything like that, but it was more of a, as a cautionary to just put them out on the sidelines and not play the rest of the game, which we okay. could have used them for sure. I mean, we were up 23 to three, but um, just like last year too, I mean, we 
probably should have lost to Illinois. We only beat them 19 to 17 with a last few second field goal at the end of the game to beat them. So, but yeah. uh, um, both of them will be playing. Henderson's going to be playing. Hinter, Hinton's going to be playing as well too on that offensive front. So, okay, good. That's good. I don't want any injuries. I want the whole team. You know what I mean? That's that's how yeah. this thing should be done. Um, and then my second question for you is, in all honesty, taking away any, you know, piss and blue shades that you may be wearing, how do you see this thing matching up in reality? The, the game? It, dude, so we're, we're looking at two of the top defenses right now. Yep. In passing, points allowed, and yards allowed as well, too. That that interests me as a football fan, like you were kind of saying. So I'm I'm really curious to see how these offenses are going to match up on our two defensive fronts. So we'll see how that goes. Can Ohio State stop the run, though? So both rushing defenses, yeah, they're up there, but they're not in the top five. I don't even know if they're in the top ten. Uh, but they're up there in the country. So it's going to be a really interesting to see if Ohio State can stop the run. That's what I'm going to be kind of curious about to see from your defense. I know you guys can stop the pass. So can we. We didn't really show it that much against Maryland. But it's going to be interesting. And then you guys have a star player, right? Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, probably leading the Heisman race right now as well, too. Why wouldn't he? Um it's going to be really interesting to see how Mikey, so Sanistro is going to match up against him, or Will Johnson. I don't know if they're going to split. I haven't heard anything about that yet. But that's going to be an interesting perspective, too, on um, how we're going to stop some of your wide receivers. Because I feel like we're going to try to ground and pop, basically. That's okay. how I see this game going as far as, like, strategies. But really, two top, the top two defenses in the country. That really interests me. Same. See how that's going to play out. I agree, Chris. So, I want to get back to McCarthy a little bit. Do you think that the injuries to McCarthy have had any impact on the way that the offense has been ran the last couple of weeks, or is it just strictly that you guys are that happy to run the ball? Uh, and, and do you have any concern that maybe the lack of, of I guess. I guess the lack of production by McCarthy the last few weeks might be a sign of something that may be worse. I don't think I'm too concerned about it. The only reason I'm concerned about it is just because of last year's and just talking about last year's perspective real quick. We didn't pass the ball like a lot at all last year. And you could definitely see that in the TCU game kind of play out when we were behind and we had to start throwing the ball around a little bit too. And he didn't really have that that many attempts throughout the whole season except the first three games, right? Um, as far as his health goes, yeah, maybe. And this is just my opinion, so I, I don't know for sure. But maybe it had a little bit of impact on him. I'm not sure, but that second half of the Maryland game, even a little bit before the second half. It kind of kind of reminded me a little bit of the Bowling Green game that we played this year. He threw three interceptions. Didn't still didn't have a bad game, but I mean you see that number three picks against Bowling Green, it doesn't definitely doesn't look good. I'm not saying it's because he was injured at all, but I think sometimes he does try to like throw him in there a little bit. 
I mean, he is an accurate passer, but he is competitive as well, too. And I think sometimes he rushes his throws, but still a hell of an athlete. And he can run the ball, too. I think he could have took off a little bit more last week as well, but he was uh, not 100%, like you were kind of saying, too. So I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. What, what is he's your, good to go. What is your feeling on where the score is going to be in this game? Not necessarily pinning you down to a number per se, as far as Ohio State this, Michigan that. What kind of scoring do you think is going to happen in this game? So that's another thing I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks. So you guys seem to be a really like a second half team, not in all your games, but some of your games, you guys seem to be a second half team. Most. So I'm, yeah, mo- mostly. Yeah. And that's what we were last year too. We didn't, we didn't play a full game last year. We always came out in the second half and, and made adjustments. So it kind of reminds me of you guys what we were just a season ago. So I'm not, I'm not sure. I guess we'll see what happens, obviously. But um, as far as the game goes, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a pretty close game down to the wire. That's what I think. Like last year, I know we kind of blew it out the last two seasons, actually in the in the second half. But you guys are a second half team. Every team makes adjustments, obviously. But I think it's going to come down to the wire. I'm not going to say the last play. I don't think it's going to be that. But I think it's going to be like a maybe a one score game is what I'm thinking this year. We're all on the same page then, all four of us. Plus Derek, I get he he had his score yesterday in the Big Ten huddle and he was the same way. Everybody's like low twenties. Like that's like that's where everybody's Because of the defenses? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's what I think too. hmm Which means it could come down to the kicking game, which scares me to death. We our special teams suck. Like straight up. Like advantage you guys. Um, I don't even know why we even have a special teams coach. He's horrible. Uh, he, we've had two, three, three in the last uh, 16 games, three bad fake punts uh, where there was miscommunication. Uh, we, of course, we, we missed the field goal against Georgia, but he shouldn't have really been in that position to begin with. Um, it just a lot of uh, – we we're giving up way too many kick, kick guard returns. Way too many kick yard returns, uh, yardage. It, it's just, it's not good. So if this comes down to special teams, it's advantage, you guys. It really is. The other thing that you guys have an advantage of right now is you guys are plus 12 in turnovers. We're even Steven. We're, we're getting off the field a lot on third down, but we're, which is great, which when you're not on the field a lot, you can't get a ton of, of, inter, of turnovers, but you guys aren't either. And you're still getting turnovers. <clears throat> That's something that scares me. And then the other thing that scares me would be home field advantage for you guys when we have a left tackle who has been false starting a lot. And we, we're, we're averaging almost six, uh, six yeah. per game. You guys are averaging less than less we're, than two. You're one. I don't know. Something. I don't know if we're number one anymore, but yeah, like, you still are. Yes, you are. Okay, so the, we're still the least penalized team in the in the country as well, too. And and going back to like the field goal kicking as well, too, and special teams, like we don't have a Jake Moody, obviously, but this guy's missed like one field goal all year. Right. So we're still sitting, still sitting pretty good. 
Right. Right let's there. But let's, it's... yeah, let me let's talk about what I think is advantage Ohio State then and get your opinion on this. And, it, it, you know, it's not to it's not to rub salt in a, in a, a wound, but mm-hmm. it is it is what it is. Jim Harbaugh is not going to be on the sideline. So how confident are you guys in, in more? Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up. So just to start, like, so Sharon Moore, right? Mm-hmm. He's got three responsibilities right now. And you can kind of tell during the games, he's got a lot going on, right? So head coach, O-line coach, and offensive coordinator. I'm not saying that's maybe why JJ threw those passes or whatever either. It's just, it's a lot going on for one person right now. But Jim's strategy, his game plan will still be implemented as well, too, as you three know that he could still coach at practice. He could still strategize, develop that game plan as well, too. So that's still going to happen. Now, when he's not on the sideline, you saw it the first three games, we still won. But that as a fan, and I think sometimes like some of those players as well, too, it's there's not a lot of there's still in aggressiveness and there's still motivation. It just, it almost takes the wind out of us a little bit when he's not there. I mean, he is our culture. He is our culture. So when he is not present on the sideline, you can definitely tell him. Mean, you could definitely tell like the last couple of games as well too. And I'm not speaking for everyone here, but you can see it kind of in the first three games when he is not present, it's a little bit different. Okay. If he's your culture, Explain that to me because the the perception from outside of Ann Arbor is that he is a weirdo. Okay. And you and we laughed about this before the season. Well, he's my weirdo, Eric. Yeah, he's my I, weirdo. I know, I know. He's, he's your weirdo. <laughs> and you can keep him. Yeah. But Oh, absolutely. Explain absolutely. that. To, explain that to me. If he's your culture, is he completely different than what everybody sees? Like for real. Is this yeah. an act? It's totally I, an act. I have met him a few times, and honestly, to tell you, it's just a few times. I don't know him that well personally, I want to say, but um, he doesn't really like media attention that much. I don't know if you guys have noticed, especially this year, last year, anytime he's really been here. Post-game, he always answers, like, what, one question, two questions? And then he's always like, hey, I'm going to turn it over to this guy. you got to talk to this guy. They always have another question for him, but he doesn't want to talk to him at all so he doesn't really like the spotlight at all and as far as the media goes i think sometimes he does and from what i've heard from other people sometimes he does act weird i think on purpose i don't really think he's an absolute weirdo because that's who he is do i think he's kind of crazy as well too aaron you don't have a say in this right now but i think he does do it i think he does do it on purposes from what i've from what i've heard Aaron. Or just a complete freak show. <coughs> Sleepovers. Chickens are nervous birds. Aaron, Eating you've never boogers. Had a sleepover before? You never Eating played video games? What? You've never had a sleepover before? You never played video games at a sleepover before? And a Not as a 50-year-old no, man at a high school kid's house? an adult, do you? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> no, time All out. three, you had guaranteed. There's a word for that. I guarantee. I guarantee. Time out, I Jason. So. You said some link, Halo. When was, when, was, when was the last time you had a sleepover playing video games? Be honest. Man. Waiting. I think it's been a little bit, but I Waiting. know Taco Bell was involved. 
pretty sure. How old were you? Just just to give us your age. How old was I? Man, yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. Were you 50 at a 17-year-old house? I'm not 50 yet, but okay, guess what? If we keep doing this big banter stuff, I'll let you guys know when I turn 50 when I have my were, first sleep. Were you old enough to drink? On at a middle school will have house. on purpose. Well, were, were you old enough to drink because Harbaugh's guests were not? I think I, think I was. Uh, I'm not sure. So Taco Bell and a, and a, a case of Bushlight. Our chickens, nervous birds. So you were in your early 20s is what you're saying. Probably. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Are chickens nervous birds? Yes or no? <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. What? Hmm? Um, hmm? Brother, you are thinking too long. Sometimes. I can smell the gears turning. There is smoke coming through Sometimes. my speakers. I still love his comments, though. I love it. Yeah. It drives you guys up a fucking wall, and he I sounds. It. it doesn't like, drive us up a wall. We just get it. We get away right. fun of it. It's we get, sad. It's funny. Yeah, but that I just I just love the way he talks to the media. That's all. Like, it is. There is a picture of him, him with his. I love shirt his analogies. The sun yeah. was like, please, Jim, put your put put your shirt on. <laughs> the light is reflecting. And all back. four of us could probably talk to that. Okay. No one wants to see us without our shirts off. Correct. Speak for Trust yourself, me. homie. <laughs> for, uh, for me, anyways, no one wants to see this. No. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you, you, Aaron, you, you, you still work out, Aaron. So yeah, it's, it's all right. But, um. <laughs> yeah, and then I had two kids, but yeah. I got uh, three, homie. It ain't no excuses. None. All right. If That's let me ask, let me put you on the spot. Let me put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. Has Jim Harbaugh coached his last game for Michigan? Good one. Um, no, I don't think so. I think we're going to sign him to a lifetime contract. Are you, you really believe that that's the case? I really do believe that. So yeah. What 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 what's changed? What what has changed to where he does? Because he's flirted with the NFL so many times. So what's changed? I don't really think much has changed. I think he just wants to be appreciated, and like that contract offer. I don't care who else is saying it that it's off the table or it's rejected. It's not. It's definitely still on the table yet. So I think the culture that he's built here, um, there's a this is a no star offense and defense. Like Derek and I had a pod last night as well too, or two nights ago. We were talking about it. Like it's even hard to pick a star on this team. This culture culture is built around him. Loves Michigan. So, yes, absolutely. I know he's flirted with the NFL, and now we're hearing rumors that he's going to the Las Vegas Raiders, and he said it himself. On New Year's Day. I'm not really seeing any of that stuff. I mean, who knows? Anything could happen, right, guys? All right, Eric? Like, anything could happen. Um, Sharon Moore could win out, right? He he could kill it. Maybe he's our next head coach as well, too. But (laughs) um, I still think that contract is definitely still on the table, and if he wants it, he's going to take it. Two, Two things we know, Jason. One, Jim Harbaugh's in Vegas by New Year's Day. And two, Sharon Moore, win, lose, or draw, is going to cry like a baby on national media. That's a man right media. there. That's He's a not man. a man. Hey, I'd, rather, I'd, rather, I'd rather have his, him cry than threaten an 86-year-old man. You know what? The 86-year-old man would step up to the plate. 
we'll whoop his candy ass. Listen, How about that, okay? Listen, listen, listen. I thought for sure Notre Dame was going to win that game because I thought they were tougher than Ohio State. But listen, okay, that's good. listen, I just, I just want you all to know that I think Ryan Day's tougher than I thought he was. I apologize. So I, <laughs> I listen. The running joke is that we want a fan. We want one angry old coach from every fan base to call Ryan Day not tough, because he gets he he coaches different when he's angry. And our whole thing is we want angry Ryan Day. So <laughs> somebody call Lloyd Carr. Lloyd Carr, call You're him. You're up, up, buddy. Your ass you know what? Next. If che- if cheeseburgers and cheating don't get you pissed off enough to win this one, I don't know what does. Yeah, that's another one. Cheeseburgers and bags in the parking lot. Are anytime you had a contract, anytime you had a contract on the table, all this stuff is coming out. And he doesn't just want so really like I still feel like this is a target on him. And I'm just speaking as a football fan. And yeah, whatever. It's a Michigan fan as well, too, that I'm talking about. But at the same time, last year when he came out and said that he essentially wants revenue share for all these TV deals, endorsements, whatever. It's not just for Michigan players. It's for all of college athletes. He was one of the first coaches that spoke up about NIL. Uh, that's the NCAA's pocketbook. That's the athletic uh, at AD's pocketbook as well, too. That's their money right there. So as soon as it's, as soon as he mentions those things, there's two investigations going on already in he the same season. And, he ain't going to get hanged. We're going to sign him, Chris, and you're going to love it. I'm going to buy you a gym shirt. I'm going to buy you a free gym shirt, Chris. I'm serious. <laughs> Give me your address. Okay. You know, I, 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 I would love final it. Question. I would love final, it. final question. Final question. If, yes. that, if that is indeed the reason behind the NCAA investigation is this theory that you have, and, I, and, and to be honest with you, I think that might actually have some legs. Then why all the Ryan Day was after and is and his FBI brethren are after Jim? Why 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 even bring why well, even that, contemplate that if that is indeed the reason? It seems like you can't you can, they both can't be true, buddy. Yeah, so I don't really know what's going on. I know the FBI situation. That's a separate thing. That's when our systems got hacked. Oh, that's August a whole nother problem. Oh my bad. That's a whole. That's a. That's when our systems got hacked. August twenty third, two thousand twenty three. That's a whole separate, whole separate situation. As far as like Ryan Day's brother with the with the with a private PI firm, this LLC or whatever. I don't know. I I think this is going to take a long time to solve. Um, I don't know if it's ever going to be solved. I think there's a lot of like gray areas here as well too. I think it's going to be a while. I think there's a lot more information that's going to come out, not just about us, but against other teams as well, too. Because the NCAA can't push this too hard. So other schools are doing it. So how how Connor Stallions did it is different. I get that. It's, it's a little weird, right? But if other schools are advanced stealing signs as well, too, I think there's more information that's going to come up about that you know, as well. Too. The reason why I have not pushed that as a huge narrative on our show is because to me, you got, you know, hate the game, not the player dog. That's how I kind of look at it. I used yeah. to steal signs when I played baseball all the time. I was a catcher. Yeah. 
and I would if and when I was in the dugout, I looked at the other coaches. I tried to figure out which one was sending in the signs to the catcher on for the pitcher. And by usually the second inning, I had it figured out. You know what? Get better signs. But in uh, game, yeah. I, did if, you take a cell phone out onto the field and record it, Eric? I did not know, but this was in the nineties too, because I'm old as dirt. So <laughs> there was no such thing as cell phones, man. I was there were, but they were bagged. You got one of those vending machine cameras <laughs> so, in the dugout, guarantee it. Uh, Disposable. Gosh, no, we didn't have vending machines. I was a I went to a poor school. Yeah, we 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 drank our spit because we were tough. That was what our coach. Literally, I was when I was in school with punishment. You weren't allowed to have water today. Can you imagine that today? <laughs> Run and you don't get water. That was punishment when I played. Oh gosh, I'm as old as dirt. Anyways, this has been a lot of fun, Jason. So here, just to reiterate for everybody, here's the bet. My buddy Sean and I were going to come to the game because I bet him last year that if they beat us again. I would pay for two tickets and we would go to the game. And he's a Michigan fr- a Michigan fan. And unfortunately, he had a car accident and was unable to come. And so I'm not going to get a chance to go to the game. But this year's bet is that if you win, come Sunday night at 8 o'clock on our live show, your logo will be on our on our show instead of ours for that show. Sure. And vice versa. Next time you guys record, if we win behind sitting behind you, it won't say VN. It'll say the Ohio podcast. So I'm looking forward to this. Cause I think this is probably, I think this is probably the best bet on big banter this year, in my opinion. Oh, what yeah. do you think? And I do, I, 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 I'll agree with that. And I'll definitely do it. I already got a bet with another uh, Ohio state fan here locally. So whoever, Whoever wins gets uh, two combos from Taco Bell. <laughs> there you go. And I'm going to be real hungry. Real hungry <laughs> that day. Well, I'll tell you what. If you haven't been to Taco Bell re- lately, a uh, combo is, what, about 12 bucks it's now? It's getting expensive yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was like, I was I just was like, there today. One I combo. I used, to, I used to eat lunch at Taco Bell for four bucks. And I got the same exact thing. And it's like $9 now. And I'm like, holy crap. Yep. This is ridiculous. Hey, Jason, thanks so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have have a good game this weekend. Go Bucks. (laughs) Go Blue. And we are back. And uh, by now, you all know the routine. When we go ahead and we give our predictions, we want you to give your predictions with us as well down in the comment section here on this youtube video give your score prediction and if you are the first person to get the exact score right you can be like brian king who a couple weeks ago he got the score right 38 to 3 i believe was his prediction in the michigan state game and he got a t-shirt sent to him a lot like this one how about this t-shirt how firm thy friendship the ohio podcast Hang on, Sloopy, the OHO podcast as well. Uh, we've got all kinds of merch. We'll be happy to send you something uh, your way. We've got some new T-shirts coming. Uh, hopefully, I'm waiting till after this game to make them because they might be a little bit relevant to this game. Also, we're going to have some beanies that get made with our logo on it as well. So we have all kinds of good merch that you can purchase here very, very soon. We'll have those uh, after the football season as we uh, gear up for the offseason and into the next season here on the OHIO podcast. If you're listening to this on our audio uh, format of your choice, head on over to YouTube, find this video, which will be played 
on Thursday evening. And down in the comments section, give your score prediction as well. All right, guys, that being said, let's go ahead and jump into our score predictions. I gave mine the other night on the Big Ten huddle when I was recording with Derek from Victor's Nation, and I gave a score of 24 to 23. You don't get any closer than that right there, guys. Chris, you said 24 to 21. Aaron, you said 20 to 16. Man, we are all very close in our scores, and all of them are very, very low scoring. Chris, how'd you come up with your score? Uh, I just feel like in, in watching what I, I think these two teams can do, um, we're not going to see a lot of explosive offense. You may see a running back break a big one for a score on, on either or both sides. But I think this is going to be a drawn-out run game, uh, you know, good old-fashioned Big Ten football. And uh, I think that defense is going to play a major uh, major role in it. And I, I just feel like our defense is a little bit better. And I think uh, 24-21 uh, is where we're at. And uh, I do have one other prediction, guys, and that is win, lose, or draw, we will see a Michigan, Michigan coach crying in an interview. I don't know how much of a pretty like uh, going out on a limb that is. I mean, I think almost a guarantee. It's what they do, like, right? I was gonna say they, they cry and they say weird things. That, that's that's their mo. All right, Aaron, you said twenty sixteen. How'd you come up with that score? Yeah, I just think it's going to be like Chris said. I think it's going to, we're looking at an old-fashioned slugfest where both teams are going to run the ball a lot and attempt to control the clock. I don't think there's going to be a ton of scoring. Um, as much as I would love to say it, I'd you know I'd love to. See, I, th- I think we're going to take our shots, and they will too, to keep the defense honest. I don't know how successful we'll be, um, but I just think it's going to take some late-game heroics. And I uh, I'll even go one further for you. I think that uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. catches a winning touchdown pass at the end. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, I like that. Twenty-four, twenty-three. <clears throat> I think this thing is going to be a slugfest. I think no one is going to really pull away during this game. And here's my crazy prediction for you, Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't know if he's going to have a touchdown catch. I think he has a touchdown throw in this game. Ooh. Get down about the fifteen-yard line. Nice little end around on the run. Run that Michigan, wrinkle. Michigan yep. seen it on tape. They think he's gonna. They think he's. Uh, gonna run it you know you've got Kate Stover out there as the lead blocker and he kind of lets his guy go through nice little curl dump pass touchdown I think that's in the playbook I probably think, is I think that that could happen um <clears throat> so that 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 could be a magical moment um let me ask this question what would it take for Marvin Harrison Jr. in this game to win the Heisman based on this game I, I think he's got to go. I think he's got to go at least 150 yards with at least three touchdowns. Ooh, that's a lot. It, it's a whole lot, but given where he's at versus the other two guys who, who I believe are in front of him right now, which are um, well, I think right now Bo Nix has got to be the front runner, especially coming off that game last week where he put up what six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know against, that's that's against, huge against a nobody though. That doesn't matter. I mean, let's let's look at it and call it what it is. Most of these voters are not even watching the games. They're looking at the stat sheet. 
<coughs> is it possible that it comes down to Michael Penix and Bo Nix and whoever wins that game? I, I believe it does very much. Mm. Although people will tell you that Jaden uh, Jaden Thompson slipped up in there. The kid that's that's the name I believe, right? From LSU. No, Jaden uh Jalen Neighbors. No. No, it's not Jalen Jim Neighbors. That was Gomer Pyle. No, not Jim. What the hell? <laughs> what are you doing? I know your ears are old, man, but come on. <laughs> Let me look up Jalen Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. There, you there go. we go. I, man, there's Jayden no way that Daniels. kid. That dude they, ain't in the room. You know, he shouldn't get it, but they they right now, um, at least two different sources are saying he is the number two right now. I don't see it. I think it's Penix Jr. I think it's Bo Nix, and I think that Harrison Jr. is third right now. He gets and, invited because of his stats. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. He's not going to win it. He's, he's, got, he's suffered too many L's. You, yeah, you can't give it to a guy. What do they got, three? Three, four? What? Invite losses? Oh, no. Losses. Yeah. Three. They got three losses. Yeah. So – yeah, I, I think that's what it comes down to. Though. He's got he's got to do 150 yards and three touchdowns in this game against this type of competition. You know, you do that against the top defense in the nation. I don't think they can turn him away. It it, it 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 he doesn't have to have three, but if he gets two, and how he gets them might be enough to get him in the conversation to where if the other two guys kind of slip and fall, and then he has a huge Big Ten championship game where he's just dominant. Then maybe that's that's it sets him up for that. Um, if if it, he doesn't win it, and I, and I don't think he he, it's really hard for a wide receiver to win it. Yeah. Um, first off, so if he doesn't win it, I'm pulling for Michael Penix Jr. because I have money running on it. <laughs> I actually picked him at the beginning of the year. So. Well, that Bo, Bo Nix may be as old as I am. Well, so. they they both I think are like 24. Michael Penix, this is I think this is both of for both of them, this is their sixth year and sixth and final year of eligibility. Like ninth same, year. Same thing for Jaden Daniels, if I'm not mistaken. Like all three of them are like have been in the college football forever. <clears throat> and Marvin Harrison Jr., this is his third year. Like he's and he's done. Like, you know, it's it's a little bit different of a scenario. Um okay, so MVP of the game. If the MVP of the game is a defensive player, is that good or bad for Ohio State, Aaron? Not saying, not saying who it is. I'm just saying, if it's a defensive player, is it going to be a Buckeye or is it going to be a Loserine? If I just said, hey, best player of the game, the MVP was a defensive player. Um, I don't view that, and you know because I'm primarily a defensive player and coach, uh, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. especially if some of those plays are for six. You know what I mean? Or they turn the tide of the game so that the offense can capitalize. We get them good field position. So, no, I don't I don't think that's a bad thing for the Buckeyes. If anything, given the, the situation, I think it might be a good thing. Okay. Especially if it's one of the defensive ends. Yes, yeah. Same question to you, Chris, but I'm going to flip it on you. Is it a good or bad thing if I tell you the MVP of the game is an offensive player? I don't know that it's a good or bad thing per se. I would say this. I think a lot of that depends on who the player is. Um, if you come out and it's Travion or Marv, 
uh, especially if it's Marvin Harrison, because if it's Marvin Harrison, that means odds are McCord had a pretty decent day as well. Mm-hmm. So they, they come as almost a package deal. That That's yeah. a positive. If it's Travion, I think it's, it's a good thing. Most important, finish the sentence for me. Most important coach on the sideline this weekend is Chris. You, you know what? I, All right. And I, I got to say, I got I got to almost go with Jim Knowles. Okay. I was going to say, I said sideline, but you know what? Yeah. I mean. And that's, that's why I, that I know. And that's why I hesitated. But I got to say it's Jim Knowles. Okay. I really think the key is keeping Michigan's offense off the field and, and, you know, getting off the field fast. So I think that a lot of things are going to come down to the way he calls this game. Okay. Aaron. Here's your question. If Ohio State wins this game on Saturday, it will be because? Oh, if Ohio State wins this game, it will because it will be because Ryan Day is pissed off and he's coaching like it. Okay. Chris, if Ohio State loses this game on Saturday, it will be because? Ryan Day couldn't get out of his own way. I like it. He he overthinks. He lets the team. He lets the the, the past get inside of his head. Um, when Day just gets it, like Aaron said, when Day gets angry, when we get pissed off, Ryan Day, we get what we saw against Georgia. We get, but then the problem is we cannot become complacent. We can't start playing not to lose, and that's what I think he's done the last two years is he'll get a lead and then he'll play not to lose instead of playing to win. Do not take your foot off the gas. Bury them. Go in with that attitude that – and we know it's not going to happen because of these defenses on both sides of the ball, but go in with the attitude that you're going to hang 100 on them. That's what you got to do. Aaron, this team peaked at the right time, yes or no? Yes. Yes, and I say that because if you asked me a month ago if this team could execute a pissed-off Ryan Day offense four weeks ago, I would have said absolutely not. They can do it now. I believe that. Okay. Last question, guys. I'm going to write my article here in the next two days, my confidence level. 50, if my confidence level is at 50, that means it's a coin flip game. If you were writing my article, and it's, it's based on five categories and whatever, and I'm not getting into all of that. If you were writing my article, how confident do you think I should be on a scale of zero to 100 with 50-50 being a coin flip and a percentage? Chris, you get to go first. Well, I'll tell you, Eric, even though we've not seen great performances the last two years, I'm going to say a 70. I think this is a game that Ryan Day knows he has to win. We have the advantage of not having the hairball on the sideline. They can come and say that this this chaos and this you know adversity has brought them together, but the fact is you don't want to go into a game like this without your leader. You just don't. And that's where they're at. Um, I think that these guys – 
especially if Ohio State gets off to a fast start, I think these guys are going to be questioning themselves and asking themselves how much of it was the fact that we knew what was being run. So, you know, I talked about Ryan Day getting inside his own head. The same thing can happen on the other sideline real easy given everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like this is the year that Day knows he has to get him. He has to take advantage. Otherwise, you know, I've, I've screamed for it. I think I won't be the only one screaming for it. It, it, it would, could be days last year. Or, and I know you disagree, but it could be days last year at Ohio State if he loses this one again. Aaron, what percentage should I be at? I'm going to say 75. Okay. And I'll say because of that pressure, because the offense is peaking at the right time, the defense has been incredibly solid and consistent. We can run the ball, which means we can control the clock. We can throw the ball as needed. Um, I'm not saying deep plays like Olave Wilson. I'm, you know, I, I'm not going to paint that picture, but we can make it happen if we need to. Now we have a run game. It's really solid. We're healthy. I think that it's really in our favor right now. You guys know the drill. Leave us a comment in the comment section below. Give us your prediction for your chance to win some free OHIO podcast merch. This is the this is it, guys. If we win, if we win, check us out live. Chris and I will cut, get on here live after the game Saturday to gloat and celebrate and everything. And if not, otherwise, win or lose or draw, we will be here Saturday or Sunday evening, eight o'clock Eastern, for our live. Uh, podcast as Aaron gives us his two cents in, in closing here. Um, usually we say be kind to one another. That is still true. Unless you're speaking to a fan from up there, you don't have to be kind this week. Put the boots to them. You don't have to be kind to them, okay? <laughs> oh, But until then, sing Carmen High with all your heart. OH. I-O. I-O. Go Bucks. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.